This is the Savvy Philanthropist Podcast. My name is Kirk. We are a financial planning podcast for people who want to do philanthropy well. Whether you're a donor trying to do some good in the world, or you're a development officer trying to connect resources with the people who need them. This podcast is all about how to navigate our U.S. legal and financial system in order to make the greatest philanthropic impact you can. This is episode 28. Real estate number two, gift killers. Gifts of real estate require some extra due diligence by charities. In some cases, a piece of real estate might make a great gift from a tax perspective. But there are two particular issues that might make the gift a really bad idea for the charity. Those issues are one, CERCLA, and two, problematic ownership. Let's start with CERCLA. That's an acronym for the Comprehensive Environmental Responses Compensation and Liability Act, a statute enacted by the federal government in 1980. CERCLA is the government's basic statute for addressing and remediating environmental degradation of real estate. Think Superfund sites or brownfields. And that's all well and good, but it creates certain risks for charities. To be a bit blunt, CERCLA could hold any previous owner of an environmentally compromised piece of land responsible for cleaning up the mess. In other words, a charity could potentially be responsible for environmentally remediating a piece of land that it only owned for a few weeks. Imagine this scenario. A donor gifts a university a large piece of farmland. As it typically does, the university turns around and sells the property, the proceeds going to the donor's preferred priorities. So far, so good. But then, a couple of years later, testing determines that there are high levels of contaminants in that soil. Some background research by the EPA determines that a local manufacturing plant had been illegally dumping toxic chemicals on that land several decades ago. In a case like that, it is entirely possible that the university could be liable for some or all the remediation not an outcome anyone was looking for. So, how to avoid this? For almost any proposed gift of real estate, a charity will probably want to conduct something called a Phase 1 Environmental Site Assessment. Basically, a company examines the site, does some historical research, and determines if there is a high probability of environmental contamination on the property. In certain simple cases, like the gift of a house in an old neighborhood, charities will often forego a Phase 1 just because the historical uses of the land is clear, But where there is any sort of doubt, it is standard, and frankly imperative, that a charity takes this step. So what do the results of the Phase 1 mean? Generally, if the Phase 1 comes back and shows environmental issues, it probably means that the charity should reject the gift. The potential liability is just too great. However, the charity is not required to reject the gift. If it really wanted the real estate, the findings of the Phase 1 would just inform how the gift would be structured and how the land might be insured or used. So bad environmental findings are the first major way that a gift of real estate can be killed. The second is problems with title to the land. Simply put, a charity needs to confirm that a donor can actually convey clean title to the real estate. And what is clean title? It means that the ownership of the real estate is unambiguous and uncontested. In every case of a real estate gift, and here there really aren't any exceptions, the charity should order something called a title search. This is a simple service offered by any local title company, The title company carefully reviews the appropriate real estate records and determines what the current ownership of the subject property is. There are plenty of cases where a donor might not actually own something the way he thought he did. For instance, a piece of land might be titled in a trust rather than the individual, or land might still be in a parent's name rather than the name of the current generation, or titled to some land might have been divvied between siblings and never actually consolidated into the single name of a particular donor. Things like that. The title search will clarify that. If the title search comes back with something other than a clear title, then the deal isn't necessarily dead. It just means that the donor, or sometimes the charity, needs to hire an attorney to get it straightened out. The particulars of this depend on the facts of a specific case. But if those issues can be resolved, then the gift can go ahead, no problem. 
But if title gets contested or challenged, then it is very unlikely that a charity would want to step into the middle of a mess like that. I'll end today with an example that combines both of these potential real estate gift killers. Several years ago, a donor approached me about making a gift to a university of a small island in a local river. The initial conversation with the donor seemed quite promising, so we began our due diligence process. Simply put, the results were an open and shut case, but not in a positive way. First, the point in the river where the island sat was at the bottom of a hill. At the top of the hill, there was an industrial rail yard, so there was no question that there would be environmental issues with the land. We didn't even need to order the phase one. Meanwhile, we also ran the title search. It turned out that the donor shared ownership of the island with a family member, so he didn't even have the ability to make a complete gift anyway. Needless to say, we rejected the gift. In that final conversation, the donor then shared a couple of additional items. First, he noted that the island tended to disappear underwater anytime there was a lot of rain. And second, he had wanted to donate it mostly because they had not been able to sell it despite many years of trying. The final red flag. Gifts of real estate can be very compelling, but they also carry a somewhat higher risk profile. If a donor and a charity walk through a reasonable due diligence process together, the outcome can be powerful. If you're enjoying this podcast, be sure to click subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. If you know other people who might find this podcast worthwhile, please share it on your social media platform of choice. And if you're feeling particularly generous, a rating or review for the show on whatever podcast service you use would really help to get the word out about the show. You can find The Savvy Philanthropist on the internet at www.thesavvyphilanthropist.net. You can find me on LinkedIn at the link below in the show notes. And you can follow me on Twitter where I am at Ross Plan. Lastly, if you have any ideas, suggestions, or helpful insights, feel free to email me at thesavvyphilanthropist at gmail.com. That's it for episode 22. Thanks for listening. Next week, episode number three, the final episode in this little series, will walk through how a gift of real estate actually gets made. Until then, remember, do well, then do good, but always be savvy.